when I started watching Notre Dame football five years ago with my daughter Maggie, I had no idea that I was creating a fanatic. Now, as a 16-year-old, my daughter has not only become a huge Notre Dame fan, but also an expert in all things college football. So much so that we decided to start a podcast together. This is A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football. Good evening, everyone. Uh, My name is Matthew Paveo. I'm here with my daughter, Maggie, sitting here at the kitchen table on a Friday night. It's time to talk Notre Dame football. How are you feeling, Maggie? Pretty good, I hope so. It's a special Friday. This this Friday, it's Maggie's 17th birthday. Happy birthday, Maggie. Thank you. Anything good for your birthday? Um, You know, I guess one of the highlights would be uh, I got a Kyle Hamilton jersey, which I have said I was hesitant about because it's also Deshaun Kaiser's, and I have certain feelings towards that. <laughs> but when I saw it, I just thought of Kyle Hamilton instead of Deshaun Kaiser. So we've moved on. Yes. Yeah, we moved on from the Deshaun days to the Kyle days. All right, well, let's talk about good days. Uh, Notre Dame again, uh, pretty. I don't want to say easy win, uh, forty-two to twenty-six. Pretty, pretty satisfactory um, win over a really depleted Florida State team. Uh, but I, you know, I don't know that everybody was coming out of that game feeling great. Um, how were you feeling after the forty-two to twenty-six win that made Notre Dame three and zero? I will say, as I kind of prefaced in last week's podcast, um, I kind of expected a slower start because we had those two bye weeks prior, and in that in our Duke game, we also saw a little bit of a slow start. But I didn't really expect it to be um, so much on defense as much as it was. Yes, there were problems. Uh, with the uh, with the um, fumble by Kyron Williams very early on in the game, but I just feel like our defense um, was not as explosive explosive as we've seen it in the past. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I think um, although it was more of a bend don't break type of game for our for the defense, they seem to Florida State seemed to be able to move the ball, especially in the second half, um, especially running the ball, which I thought was concerning. But you know, then you look at the scoreboard, and you know they only got six points in the second half, and um, 10 of the points were off some some silly mistakes by Notre Dame, which there are plenty of mistakes. I mean, you talk about sloppy football. I, I You know, you, you talked about the Kyron Williams fumble. There was also a muffed punt that was just ridiculous by Lawrence Keyes. Um, and there was a huge dropped pass that, that killed a third down. I believe it was Joe Wilkins that dropped the pass, which is upsetting because I really want him to do well. And then a Kurt Heinisch uh, false start that kept the drive going. Silly, silly mistakes. You expect it, like you said, coming off two straight bye weeks. One, when they're dealing with COVID. Well, probably both when they're dealing with COVID. So it was all pretty much to be expected. And so you could say, well, there's a lot of resilience. I think they were very fortunate to be playing a Florida State team um, uh, to run out to a 35-20 to halftime lead and then just kind of cruise in for the rest of the game. Um, any, anybody, that, though, that stuck out, you thought maybe had a good game for you and for the week, Maggie? Anybody that you thought? For me, it was just more proof that our offensive line is very strong. Um, of course, that picture of Liam Eikenberg playing with basically one eye um, and with the big swelling on the side of his face kind of just shows how tough our offensive line is. Yeah, I think that was pretty uh, emblematic of our, our offensive line uh, pretty much dominating again another opponent. When you look, the two running backs uh, have over 100 yards, Kyron Williams and Chris Tyree, for the first time, I believe, first time getting over 100 yards. Um, and just explosive runs. Uh, again, Tommy Tremble doing some excellent blocking. 
which I don't know. Did did you expect that coming into this season that he'd be such a blocker? We knew he was going to be a pass receiver. I don't know. It was definitely different than what I expected. Yeah, sure. I, I I think that's a that's a new part to his game. I to me at least, um, not new in that he's done it for the first three games. I just thought he was going to be more the receiving tight end. Now he's looking to be more of a complete option, which is fantastic. Um, and and you know some of those runs by the the Notre Dame running backs they weren't even touched. Um, so. Again, excellent job. Javon McKinley really stuck out for me. Five catches, 107 yards. That's the kind of production we need out of at least one of our receivers. It seems like they're kind of doing it by committee. Um, and Kevin Austin got a few reps. I think he was only on the field four plays, um, one of which they tried to go deep to him. But I don't know. Any thoughts on anybody else on the offensive side of the ball that really you thought stepped up? Well, I don't know about – I was expecting – when I was watching, I really wanted to uh, Brian Kelly to rotate the running back a little more. I like Kyron Williams, but of course, I would like to see like a Jafar Armstrong or Sebo um, Flemister. So, I mean, again, for me, it was mostly offensive line just because it's hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I would, I would just like to see more rotation in the running back. Okay, I agree with you. It was surprising not to see a Sebo Flemister and even Jafar is getting pretty much relegated to special teams work. It looks like. Um, Michael Mayer, another, you know, few plays where you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be fantastic. Um, so that, that was nice to see. And I think on the defensive side, anybody that stood out for you? Well, of course this goes without saying, um, (laughs) I, I'm very happy that we have Kyle Hamilton back. Uh, he led the defense in tackles and although we didn't see one of those famous picks, um, that I was really hoping (laughs) for, it was still a solid, uh, game. Yeah, and I also think Tariq Bracey probably played his best game that, mm-hmm. that we've seen um, locking down on the corner position. Um, and again, once again, those special teams, not special. So the, the, after a few times when we gave them cred or gave them props for, for doing a good job, this time with a fake punt and a few other mistakes, not especially fantastic. But they get the win. You can't really complain about a win, especially one that's 42 to 26. It was never really in doubt. You know, there, was, there were a few mm-hmm. maybe slightly nervous moments, but never really in doubt. Um, especially the second half, they just kind of dragged along. You just kind of waited for it to end. All right. And so talk about the next team coming in Louisville. It seems like Notre Dame's schedule this year seems to be the slow build of teams. I mean, Duke was better than USF, but then USF isn't as good as Florida state probably. And Florida state is definitely not as good as Louisville. So it's a slow build, which I think is good for Notre Dame. But what are you thinking about Louisville coming in? I was really going for Louisville at the beginning of the year. I, I think, think a lot I, of people were, I think. I think I said that they were going to be like the third in the ACC or maybe the fourth. I mean, you weren't alone in, in that thinking. Louisville had a lot of hype behind them. But looking at their schedule and their record with three losses and one win against Western Kentucky, yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to still say that they're one of the top teams in the ACC. Not that Notre Dame shouldn't be nervous about a potential problem, just because you never know. Uh, I was listening to Brian Kelly's uh, press conference, I believe, yesterday or Wednesday, and he was talking about how if Meridian wants to succeed, we need to attack the line of scrimmage more uh, because Louisville makes a lot of changes in the formation very late. Mm-hmm. So we just need to be able to react to that. Yeah, I mean, what we're talking about is that, you know, typically a, the Louisville coach is uh, – Coach Satterfield usually a really I – mean, not usually, is a really, really good coach has been trying to build this team, build this team, build this team. They were looking, I think, this year to make another step. I don't think they have. I think they got blown out by Miami early. I think that put them on their heels. 
Um, they don't show much defensively, um, but they're a team with um, some talent and gave Notre Dame a game for at least a half last year. Um, but again, I don't know that Notre Dame gets tested like they really are going to get tested. I think this is one of those games where Notre Dame should do fairly well. Um but, you know, with Mikhail Cunningham at quarterback for Louisville, a running, throwing quarterback that seemed to give Notre Dame a little bit of trouble in the Florida State game. Um, so we'll see. I think the defense needs to rise up a little bit uh, to a little bit more this year. Like I said, it's incremental. A little bit more this time. Um, so who, do you, who are you watching out for this week or against Louisville? Well, as I said, just attack the line of scrimmage. So I'm looking for maybe um, a Dalen Hayes to step up. Uh-huh. or uh, Kurt Heinisch, someone on the defensive line. Okay. Um, I'm going to go uh, – hmm. I think, you know, again, we're facing a team that's we're going to have to stop the run. I think Kyle Hamilton is going to be very important. Uh, Jeremiah Wasu Komoro is going to be really important. Um, but I'm going to go with, like, a linebacker. Um, you know, someone – I'm going to go off of – I'm going to go Bo Bauer. I think Bo Bauer, he's, he's playing with a lot of intensity. Uh, as he always does, he seems to always kind of be there for a few. Play- I know he's not playing every play, but you'll you'll hear his name a few times in the game against Louisville on the defensive side. Anybody on the offensive side that you think to watch out for? When I look at the offense, I just look at giving people new opportunities because we have so many receivers and we have so many running backs. So I'm going to say, although he played a little bit in the last game, um, Braden Lindsay. Okay. Always a popular pick here, mm-hmm. the Braden Lindsay pick. I'm going to go with Ian Book. We never call Ian Book's number because he's just so pretty much is what he is. You know, he's going to get you your 200 yards. He's going to be about 19 for 30. Um, this is going to be the game where he gets on fire and has that quarter. You're like, my goodness, he's good. And he moves him down the field. I'm going to say he's going over 300 yards and he's going to hit Kevin Austin over the top at least once. And maybe Joe Wilkins. I got to throw Joe in there. Um, but Ian Book is my player of the game. I'm guessing four touchdowns from Ian Book throwing, maybe even mix in one running. We'll see. There you go. That is bold. <laughs> um, you have a prediction for the game, Maggie? They, Notre Dame is a 16.5-point favorite at this point. Yeah, I'm not going to really say that we're going to blow them out. I think I'm going to stay or safely say that they're going to cover the spread. I think it's going to be around 16 of difference. Okay, so you think that around 16? Because that's a... You're like right on the money then. No. I just want to say that they're going to cover the spread. I don't want to go okay. for a blowout. They will be – well, blowout, I mean – Well, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. But So you're saying they're going to beat them by 17 points. I'll say that for now. <laughs> I'm not your- confident in saying that they're going to win by like 30. Okay. I get what you're saying. Uh, I'm going to say 45 to 20. It's a 25-point win. I'm going with that. Take it to the bank. No name. And I think what I really want to see is four good quarters. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've seen to have played two or three good quarters here and there. And it, I don't, I don't want to say take it off, but just kind of take their foot off the gas. Uh, of course, one of the times against USF, you couldn't just keep pummeling mm-hmm. that team. Um, but we need to play four really good quarters. Well, um, so that's what I'm looking for. From what I've seen in the past two games in their games against Pittsburgh and George tech, uh, they Louisville runs out of gas. They haven't scored in the oh, last four, or the yeah. la, their last two fourth quarters at all. Yeah, they're so. they're they, they're a terrible. Yeah, you're exactly right. I'm not even add to that. You're exactly right. <laughs> um, so, uh, what what do you think about college football in general? We had some interesting things happen. Uh, Texas A&M beats Florida. That helps Notre Dame. 
Uh, Notre Dame moves up in the rankings. Uh, any thoughts on the SEC? I mean, LSU lost again. Uh, coach O is not the Coach O of last year. <laughs> um, no, they lost a ton of people to the pros, uh, but that is a struggling team. Any thoughts? There, we'll talk in a minute about the big SEC battle, I'm sure. Uh, but any just thoughts on the SEC or even the Big 12? Who again? We had the Red Red River rivalry, and we didn't even really talk about it because it really was just insignificant. But anything you want to talk about that? For the Big 12, my opinion, my opinions have stayed the same. I can't see the Big 12 champion um, going in to one of those top four spots at the end of the year. Uh, yes, the Texas-Oklahoma game was definitely interesting. Uh, it was but a fun it, game. I yeah, mean, it was, was more a interesting. Of to... and you're talking, what, four overtimes? Yeah. Yeah. They just kept coming. Right. Um, but for the SEC, I think it's become very clear um, that – it's most likely – I don't know how tomorrow is going to go. It's most likely going to be Alabama or Georgia yeah. as the SEC champion. Yeah. Okay. So. And speaking of that, the dogs have started to bark in our backyard. So <laughs> let's get on to maybe our predictions. You know what? Before that, let's do something new this time. Let's talk about our top five teams. Who do you think are the top five teams right now? I'm not talking about – you know. let's not throw in any Big Ten teams or any Pac-12 teams. I don't know if we throw any Pac-12 teams in there. Mm-hmm. But let's not throw in Ohio State in this because, or even Penn State – but your top five teams right now at this moment in any order, let's we can put them in any order. You don't have to tell me when this is the number one team, number two team, number, what are the, or maybe just the top four. What are your top four? Yeah. So for me, the top four are very clear right yeah. now before tomorrow. It's Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Notre Dame, which are the teams that have been put in the top four by the AP poll. I agree with that. I think those are easily the top four, but who's the fifth team? Do you think that's, throw it in there. that's where I find some trouble because I would love it to, to be another, undefeated team Mm -hmm. so it could be north carolina it could be um i guess like oklahoma state technically um cincinnati the fifth spots where i get a little iffy on no liberty come on well byu too or even like smu they're like what five and oh now they barely won tonight uh against uh two tulane uh it was an overtime game so i'm if i had to pick a five i would stick with the ap poll and say north carolina even though that team's really high but because they haven't lost yet it's tough for me to say anything lower yeah i think that's way too high for north carolina in fact i think they might have some trouble this week but uh, i would go with uh maybe a cincinnati maybe uh um uh you know what throw in byu i they, they're having some struggle right now as we're taping this but uh not anymore oh no are they a hit they're up by three. Oh, there we go. See, so BYU, I'll put BYU in there uh, for now. I mean, certainly when the Big Ten and then the Pac-12 come on board, uh, that will push them back. But I certainly think BYU right now, even with the Big, Big Ten and the Pac-12 in there, would be a top 10 team. Um, and probably could st- I'd like to see them stick with like a – it'd be interesting to see them play a Florida or something like that. I think Notre Dame would beat them, but I don't, I don't know about anybody else. Um, okay, let's get to our predictions, everyone. How did we do last week? Do we know? Do we do we total it up or no? Uh, I think it was we made something like eight picks, yeah. and I think we maybe got like half of those right. Yeah, not we, good. But I was happy with the upsets that like yeah. when I was wrong. The person we really need on here is the other sister who has been crushing it yeah. in our picks for some reason. One of these days we'll get my other daughter Stella on here, and she somehow knows the picks better than Maggie and I. It shows you that uh, our logic is not sound. Yeah. <laughs> so what do we have for this this tart? our predictions for this week. 
So I went basically off of like potential trap games okay? Uh, because there's only really one ranked matchup and right. that of course is the primetime game. So the first game I went with was Boston College and Virginia Tech just because mm. I don't know. I think Virginia Tech's kind of on the decline. Boston College might be going up a little bit. Okay. So we'll see. So what are you going with? You're going about Boston College? Yeah, I'll go with Boston College. Okay, so am I because Virginia Tech's had a lot of COVID issues um, and I think that's affected him. And I just don't know that Justin Fuentes, their coach, ever really, ha- you know, I, he's never really gotten over there uh, past Beamer ball. And I just think BC, it, like you said, is on the upright uptick. And I think they win that game. So the next game I have, which I even marked as like a potential trap game, and I think you alluded to it earlier, is the North Carolina Florida State game that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think Florida State is going to bite someone this year. It could be this week. I don't know that I can. They they're pretty bad last week against Notre Dame. Uh, I I, I got to stay with North Carolina. I don't want to. Um, I just don't think North Carolina is all that. But Notre Dame will prove that. I think when they play them, um, not this time. I'm still sticking with the Tar Heels. Yeah, part of me really wants it to be a close game because I know there are going to be those people in the comments saying, oh, North Carolina blew out Florida State. Notre Dame's not that good. Well, I I don't believe that, but I mean other people might reach uh, a little bit. Uh, I I will also stick with North Carolina, although I would like to disagree with you on one pick (laughs) just so it's – Yeah, I know. I think we we might start adding some picks here. Yeah. Okay. Go Uh, ahead. What do you got? So the next game I thought is interest was interesting because of course these were both teams that upset their uh, had upsets in their past games. Uh, Texas A&M of course upset um, University of Florida last week, and Mississippi State uh, beat LSU. Although was that the first week or was that the last? That was the first week. week. Last week Mississippi State lost, I believe. Oh, okay, never mind. This is not as good of a game as I thought uh-huh. it was well, going to be. Could be. I, you know, go ahead. What do you think? Well, I, you pick first because okay, I'm just going to disagree with you. You talk about a trap game. I'm going with Mississippi State. I think they are primed to beat Texas A&M. Texas A&M is going to come in, be coming out for biggest win uh, in a long time for Texas A&M. And, man, the last person I'd want to meet coming into a trap game would be Mike Leach and that offense. That, um, so I think Texas A&M is in real trouble this week for, in a, facing a real trap game. So I'm going with Tech, I'm going with Mississippi State. Go Bulldogs. Okay. I'll go with Texas A&M then uh, just because I didn't know how bad Mississippi State did. They only got a safety in their last game against Kentucky. And they did pull their uh, KJ Costello in the game. So Oh, that's right. That's I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. I misjudged where they were in yeah. their their schedule right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, but I will just say Texas uh, I'm, A&M. I'm thinking Mississippi State, so I don't think it's a bad choice at all. But they could also look over it and be like, oh, like mm-hmm. it's just Mississippi State. They're off this really bad loss. So yeah. we'll see. Uh, and then the last game, it's hard to ignore, uh, the Georgia-Alabama game, of course. Huge game. Yeah. Nick Saban maybe has COVID, maybe does not have COVID. <laughs> well, he tested negative. Yeah. So, okay. That's so, actually – Allegedly. <laughs> yeah. That's actually something I wanted to add in just really quickly about Notre Dame um, that Brian Kelly emphasis emphasized in his press conference i know this is a little all over the place no, but go I ahead. felt the need to add this in that no one is in quarantine or isolation for the first time since september 8th okay so that's fantastic so. news yeah i know that's been a real source of pride no name's trying to to get that so mm-hmm. anyway so who do you got you can pick uh, first and i'll, I'll okay. pick the opposite of whatever you take i'm going to pick georgia perfect because i was going to pick Alabama okay. anyway so there you go either way it's going to be really good for notre dame because one of these teams has to lose as long as we beat uh, Louisville. Yeah, right. First things first. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I I've always I for some reason I'm 
more of a fan of Georgia than Alabama, even though they have many similarities. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I like Kirby Smart more than He's more Nick likeable. Saban. I mean, so yeah, Nick Saban. There's not much likable there. I mean, he wins a lot and he runs a very you know very button-down program. Kirby Smart's a little more fun, I think. I mean, his name's Kirby, so there you go. <laughs> um, uh, how about one more game? Let's let's pick the uh, Tennessee uh, Kentucky game. Who are you liking that? Let's make it five games. Well, I'm just going to say Tennessee. Okay, I'll go Kentucky. There you go. There we go. Just because, right. you know, Tennessee, I still have hope for them. I I don't think that's not saying – that's not going out too much on a limb as it was when you first said it. I mean, they're ranked pretty high right now. So, um, And they, they stuck in there in the last game, uh, you know, a little bit. But all right. Um, that's it. I think I think we're good. I think uh, we're heading into the Notre Dame-Louisville game. Any last words before we go? Stay classy, everyone. All right. Happy birthday, Maggie. Thank you. All right. Thank you for listening. Join us next Friday night for another episode of A Dad and a Daughter Talk Notre Dame Football.